0: Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for February 23. My name is John Mason. Thank you so much for joining us. The breaking news is that Russian troops have entered Russian separatist sections of Ukraine, purportedly as peacekeepers. Is this the beginning of a changing world order, championed in a recent meeting between Russia and China? In the midst of divisions and uncertainty around us, what can we do? Where can we find assurance and hope? The answer to the first question, what can we do, is pray. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-4, through 4, Paul the Apostle writes, First of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers and intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings, and for all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Saviour, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We often forget that Christians for three centuries were often persecuted under Roman rule. Indeed, Nero used them as scapegoats for the fire in Rome and put them through all kinds of barbarous cruelty, including the lion's den in the Roman arena. Christians had every reason to hate the state, and yet Paul calls on God's people to respect the civil authorities for what they are, God's provision in a fallen world for the good order and protection of society. But there's a second question. Where can we find assurance and hope for the future? In Psalm 2 verses 1 through 4 we read, Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and His anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds asunder and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord has them in derision then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. How important it is to remember that whatever happens around us, the Lord continues to work out his purposes in our world. Despite the derision, the opposition, or even the persecution we might experience from political leaders or those around us who embrace a secular progressive agenda, God will have the last word how can we be sure of this come with me to a surprising scene that we find in luke chapter 9 verses 28 through 36
1: luke chapter 9 verses 28 to 36 now about 8 days after these sayings jesus took with him peter and john and james and went up on the mountain to pray And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep. But since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen.
0: Luke introduces the scene with about eight days after. He wants us to be in no doubt that just as the previous conversations that he had recorded had occurred, so did the scene that was about to unfold. Jesus took three of his disciples with him, Peter, John and James, when he went up on the mountain to pray. While Jesus was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. This was not a superficial event. In both Luke and Acts, a reference to dazzling clothes usually signifies a supernatural or an otherworldly glory. Two great prophets, Moses and Elijah, who were not transformed as Jesus was, were also present and spoke with him about what he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Both Moses and Elijah were great prophets. Prophets had been very much in the minds of Jesus and the disciples at the time. Indeed, eight days prior to this event, Jesus had asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they had replied, John the Baptist, or Elijah, or one of the prophets. But when Jesus had pressed them for their view, Peter had replied, You are the Christ. But here on the mountain, it was obvious that Peter had not yet worked out what it meant for Jesus to be the Christ. Otherwise, he and the other two would not have been asleep, only to be awakened by the brilliant supernatural light of Jesus and his visitors. Furthermore, as the visitors departed, Peter said, Master, let's make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Not knowing what he said, Luke comments, before he could utter another word, a cloud enveloped them all, and they heard a voice, This is my Son, my Chosen, listen to him. It was a scene and a voice the disciples would never forget. The glory which transfigured Jesus that day revealed Him to be God incarnate. He is the Son of Man of whom the prophet Daniel in chapter 7 spoke, the man to whom would be given the kingdom, the power and the glory. He is the man from heaven. The main purpose of this event was for the three disciples. Yes, Jesus is the Christ. God the Father's words confirmed what they had recently concluded. They needed to listen to Him, as we need to do today. This was a foretaste of the Kingdom of God in its glory, a foretaste of Jesus' messianic reign. Peter later wrote in Second Peter chapter 1, We did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. The event is very important. If Jesus had disappeared following his resurrection and his ascension, we would have no assurance of his enthronement in glory. The transfiguration is a preview of his power and majesty as he works out God's purposes for his creation, moving world affairs to an end time, when He will be seen in all of His might, majesty, dominion and power, the Supreme Lord over heaven and earth. In the midst of the rumours of wars and the tumult of war, what should we be doing? Pray. Where is our hope for the future to be found? In the risen, ascended Christ, the man from heaven. So let me pray for the peace of the world. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all men and women and banish from them the spirit that makes for war. And especially we pray that you would guide and direct the leaders in this present turmoil and Russian aggression so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And a further prayer for us. Preserve your people, Lord God, with your continual mercy, for without you we will fall because of our frailty. Keep us always under your protection, and lead us to everything that makes for our salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A prayer for those in need. Almighty Father, we commend to Your goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed, especially those who are known to us. May it please You to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen.
1: People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and Carol McCormick, a member of Emmanuel Anglican Church in New York City. Prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the opening music is from St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney. The Keith and Kristen Getty and Matt Papa song, Christ Our Hope in Life and Death, which concludes this podcast, is used with the kind permission of Getty Music. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.
2: Christ alone, Christ alone, what is our call the troubled soul. God is good. God is good. Where is his grace and goodness known? In our grace? And we will feast in endless joy When Christ is ours